Ladies and gentlemen, Look at Talk starts now. Welcome one, welcome everybody to another edition of the Look at Talk podcast. This is an exclusive episode edition episode, ladies and gentlemen. Today I have a guest with me, um, joining me, hailing from St. Pete. She's the hostess with the Moses. She is the founder and the CEO of the Caked Up brand. I got Miss Caked Up herself, the beautiful Shandrika. How you doing this morning, Drika? How are you? I'm doing good on this lovely Sunday morning. How you doing this morning? I'm good. That was a hell of an intro, honey. <laughs> you know, you know, I do this thing. I, I was kind of prepared for it. <laughs> I can get down with that. Thank you for doing this too, because y'all, we was supposed to do this at like eight thirty. I didn't text this man. Got him out of bed super early to do this podcast. So we appreciate you. It's no problem. I appreciate you for returning the episode. We were lit on um the cake dish um yes. the other day. <laughs> that was a good episode we did together, you know what I'm saying? It was so much fun. Yes. Thank you for joining me on the cake dish, honey. We love a guest and it was a it was a cute I seen that one. Y'all gotta check that out. We had a ball. Yes. Or heard rather, because we ain't on YouTube yet. <laughs> yes, we got definitely got to run that back. You know what I'm saying? So the next step will be to get you over here to get to give you the real look at talk experience. But let's go yes. ahead. Yeah, that's that's coming next. So y'all stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. But let's definitely. go ahead and get to it. So tell me a little about the cake dish. What inspired you to start podcasting? Okay, so I've had I've owned cakes. Cake is my company um for a long time and it started as just a clothing online clothing boutique you know everybody on instagram got a damn online clothing boutique child so that's what i've been doing for maybe the last six years or so and i kind of wanted to make kate just clothing but make it a an entire brand um with the podcast and just the wonderful world of Kate, rather. Like, I wanted to make um, a clothing line as opposed to a boutique, and the podcast would kind of bring it all together. So that's why we have the Kate brand now versus it used to be Kate's boutique, but now it's Kate's brand. Um, and that's kind of my whole thing everything cake you see all my social medias mm-hmm. are caked up drip dot the cake dish cake brand so i want to kind of make it well transition it from a boutique over to a lifestyle and the podcasting i've always wanted to do that for one because i love to write and for some reason with me my writing and my podcasting it just kind of goes hand in hand And I know I want to get into writing books. I want to publish my first book this year. So I just felt like the podcast could kind of be your central location for all things, Kate. You get the writer, you get the entrepreneur, you get all of that. So that's why I'm just, I'm so excited about it about everything we've been working on with the cake dish i understand you got a good reason to be excited because i definitely see the cake brand so what inspired the cake brand from the beginning like what made you decide you want to make this your brand the cake the brand what inspired that well when i think about cake 
I feel like, you know, I think about Caked Up, Drip Dot. That was the Pimp C lyric. And it just always stuck with me. Like, when you, when I see a woman and she caked up, that means she getting money. She's, she got her shit together. She looking good. She feeling good. Ain't no nigga stressing her eye. Her bank account looking good. She traveling. Like, that's what I think of when I feel like I see a woman and she caked up. And that's what I want to spread. So that's why I started with the boutique because I wanted to bring fashions to women to make them feel comfortable, to kind of give them that, that cake experience, to make them, you know, just kind of boost their confidence and, and level up and just feel like they're going into the world and they're looking good. Um, and then it just has kind of transitioned into writing and podcasting. So um, that was really the whole inspiration about it. I mean, I guess it really goes back to women empowerment and especially my black women, wanting my black women to know that you can go in the world, you can be caked up and, you know what I mean? You could just be a boss ass chick. Mm -hmm. You could just be doing it. So, yeah. So tell me this. So why should the men out there um, support the caked up brand? Like put, put their like <laughs> sisters and their other significant women they have that are tight with Because that's what us men sometimes will do is, um, We'll put on, we might not buy it for ourselves, but we'll definitely put other women on. So why should the fellas be want to support your caked up brand? Well, for one, with cakes, as far as the clothing go, mm -hmm. I feel like, men, you know, you should want your girl to look good. You should want your girl to feel confident. And that is what we are exuding. Even if a customer try on 100 pieces and she never buy it from me, we're going to make her feel good when she's trying it on. Like, for me, it's not all about selling a product. It's about making a woman feel comfortable when she interacts with cakes, period. The selling of a product is a bonus. So you should want your girl to feel confident and feel sexy and feel like she bossed up. That's far as the clothing go. Now, as far as the podcast go, I think the men need to be tuned into the Cake This podcast so they can just get a whiff into the minds of us women. I really do. I think they need to tune in. Hell, they can join it. They can come on the show. They can talk their shit. But I I love when men listen to the Cake This podcast because they get a woman perspective and then they can put in their two cents and it opens dialogue. So. Yeah. The wonderful world of Kate. We welcome men, but that's why men should I think that's why men should support it. If I was a man, I would support that for my significant other. <laughs> hey, that's definitely real, you know what I'm saying? I definitely gotta do commend you on the episodes of the Kate Dish podcast you've done so far. You've definitely you. done you've done a good job on like holding holding women accountable because you hear a lot of women that just so quick to bash men, but you actually hold right. the women accountable as well. I have to because I don't think sometimes women don't always understand. Like we fuck up too, <laughs> and I don't think we like to admit that. I don't think we like to talk much about it, but we do some shit that's foul. Mm -hmm. We do some things that you know could be better. We might not be the best listeners or. 
we don't take heed to certain warning signs. So, no, we not just bashing the men on the Cake This Podcast. Not at all. We we talk about the ain't shit niggas now. We do that. Yeah. Now, but that's expected. We, that's definitely expected. For sure. But, no, I, I'm not just going to bash men. Because I know a lot of times men are right, you know. Yeah, that that's real. Now, speaking of cake, what is mm-hmm. your favorite kind of cake? What's a cake that you <laughs> said, help, uh, uh, if, if you feeling well, if you tell your man, Bay, I'm not feeling Ooh. it today. And he goes to Publix. What kind of cake is he getting for you? Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> um, it got to be a cheesecake or a red velvet cake. Either one. A cheese. I'm good with either one. A cheesecake or red velvet cake. <laughs> yes, and I'm from the hood. See, I take even a little box red, um, box cheesecake. If you ain't got it, like go ahead and whip up the little box cheesecake, put it in the refrigerator, let it sit. I'll take that too. Mm-hmm. So either one. <laughs> I feel you. So who in your family make the best cakes? You know, because you know you being we we from the same hood, so we know everybody in the family got that family yeah. member that um that can make the best cake. Honestly, my mama, my mama is good at baking that lady can make some good ass cakes and i know she got the baking part from my granddaddy he would make these damn strawberry shortcakes them shits make you want to slap your mama so i know where she got the baking part of it from so my mama she get down with the bacon and sweets that's her thing that's why my ass is so big okay All that goddamn cake she be round up baking up. That's why my ass is spreading and I'm back in the gym. Thank y'all very much. Hey, you look beautiful though. I don't think you're that big, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate you. <laughs> so what compelled you to get into writing and podcasting and um to tie into the caked up brand? You know what? I've been writing since elementary school. Um that's always been my favorite subject that's always been my favorite thing to do I remember sitting in class vividly like from elementary school all through high school and writing just a story while the teacher is teaching a whole lesson I'm in the back writing some type of fictional characters and creating a story it was it's a funny story actually when I was in about fourth or fifth grade I can't remember exactly which one it was, but in one of, well, in my class, we would have an opportunity to just write and we could write about whatever we wanted to. So, you know, all the other kids write about what typical children write about, which is being firefighters and what they want to be when they grow up and stuff like that. I wrote a very, very detailed story about a little girl who was bullied at school she killed herself her bullies felt remorseful and I remember the teacher read it she took it to the office she gave it to the social worker they called me down from class they called my mama now mind you I went to Seminole Elementary my mama worked in St. Pete they made my mama get off her job come to the school And they interrogated me. They interrogated my mama. They wanted to know if everything was good at home. Was I being bullied? Like, they brought in the damn child psychologist because they couldn't wrap their mind around a child writing what I wrote. But 
it wasn't that I was being bullied. I just, I love to write and I love to write about fictional characters. So I just remember as early as then, like my teachers feeling like they, it had to be something going on because they couldn't figure out why a child would be writing that advanced. So it goes way back to then. I mean, I just, I've always loved fiction. I've always loved novels. So that's just always been my thing. And I guess just this year or maybe not this year, but two years ago, I finally had the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to just go ahead and write the book. Because I was always self-conscious about putting out a full body of work. Um, I remember in middle school, I actually wrote a book, but I never got it published. And it just disappeared one day. So somebody in the world published my goddamn book under their damn name. Somebody is getting some checks off of my very first book but this year I finally or like I said two years ago I just I don't know I had the courage to do it people gonna like it or they not but I had to come out my shell because it's just something I want to do and the time is just ticking so it's like fuck it no time like the present let's let's get into it yeah no I totally I totally feel you on that but I do want to tell you that it's, it's, I do want to remind you that it is a marathon, not a sprint, you know what I'm saying? Because you definitely got time with it. So tell me about this first book you plan on coming out with. Oh my god, it's a novel. Um, a slew of fictional characters. I don't want to say too, too much because like I said, my first book just magically disappeared, honey, when I was back in there middle school. <laughs> but um, it's a novel. I'm actually working on part two of it. I haven't published it yet because I would like a major publishing company to pick it up before I self-publish. Um, but it's based around two friends. It's not based on me per se. I would say that it's based on like my very, very evil alter ego, which is Chandrika. So it's based around her and <sighs> just kind of the evil that she's inflicting <laughs> on people and onto the world and wreaking havoc um, into other people's lives. So I'm going to make it into a series. Like I said, I started book two. I'm going to make it a three parts. I don't know if I'm going to drop it all at once or drop it one book at a time. I'm un- I'm very indecisive, so I don't know. But Wow. That it's um it's very it's very it's been fun writing it. That is very interesting. That's something I would have never guessed just from <laughs> hearing your podcast uh, that you also a writer and you write fictional stories. That is wonderful. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. <laughs> yes, I, I love it. It it's just always something that comes. It just came natural. I never went to school for it or anything like that. It's just. It's a it's a real passion of mine to sit down and write. Wow, that that that's amazing. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know by now, you are listening to the Look and Talk podcast. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, at Anchor Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts out. Yes, and also everywhere. Go ahead and pour up a round of liquor too, because you gotta. You can't have liquor talk and not have no liquor. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead, ladies and gentlemen, do that thing. So drink early. It's okay. <laughs> That's Nobody right. Nobody judging you. Now tell me about this. Um, now also see where you decided you want to give away some prom dresses. Tell me about this giveaway. 
Oh my God. Yes. I'm so excited. So my company cake brand, um, get dash cakes.com. We are giving away free prom dresses. It's something I've always wanted to do with my company. And I'm just finally planning early enough to do it. And basically it's our first year. Um, we're going to be giving away between 10 and 15 brand new prom gowns, tags still on them, never before worn, um, to girls in need in the city of St. Petersburg. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to raffle. You you just show up. Um, and it's 10 to 15 gowns will be available. I'm sure they'll go fast because that's not a lot. Hopefully next year, you know, we can up it a little bit. But um, yeah, just just show up. The goal is we want to reach out. Well, not reach out, but we definitely want to make ourselves available to families who are struggling and who do have teenage daughters. Prom is very important. I went to all of my proms, all of my homecomings, um, because. I had a mother who was able to do it and a father who was able to contribute. But unfortunately for a lot of teenage girls, especially in our city where we from, their families are struggling and prom and homecoming is like the last thought on their minds. So, you know, we just want to make a young girl's day very special her big night prom is like a huge deal I remember when I was in high school prom was being planned and bought like months in advance it was such a huge deal so we just want to make sure that young girls who otherwise wouldn't be able to go to prom have an opportunity to go with a fully paid for dress and also the dresses are usually the most expensive aspect of prom. Mm -hmm. So that's why if we can take that huge expense off the table, um, a young girl can go and enjoy her prom night. So that's really the goal. Um, doing a lot of promotion for it. We have a Facebook group, have reached out to several teachers that I know in different high schools. So we're really trying to get the word out, but we want to get the word out to the young girls who need it the most. Like, in other words, I don't want people just coming and get it because it's free. Like, if you can afford your child's prom dresses, go buy it. Like, these are, I want these to go to those families who cannot afford it. And who really are in need. So I just encourage everyone who comes out to be mindful of that. Like, don't just come out being greedy. We want the girls who really need these to get these. Wow, that is amazing work right there. That's something I've never thought I've heard of. Because I do definitely remember proms and stuff. But that that this will tell you how big Gibbs is. That Gibbs yes. was back in the day. It's like. Me and you were at Gibbs at the same time, and we never ran to each other. I'm like, wow. Never. That it's is crazy. <laughs> that, that is, that's crazy how big Gibbs is, and I'll show you how crazy that this world is. So what do you think about your 10-year reunion? Because last year was our reunion, and it could have been better, but I hope you... Really? Yeah. But what, uh, what do you think when you hear 10 years, uh, your 10-year reunion? 
I feel old. I feel like old as hell. I'm not going to be honest. Um, one of my good friends is on the committee organizing it. I've already told him I'm not gonna be there. I am just. I'm not gonna go. I wish them well. <laughs> I can't wait to see the pictures, but. Yeah. When I hear ten year reunion, I just feel old and sad. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> you feel old and sad? No, no. I actually feel your pain because it was a good. It was a friend of mine who actually talked me into going at the last minute. He was like, "Bro, I don't want to go by myself." I was like, "You know what? I can't leave my home hanging." So, right. I, I definitely feel you on that like ten year reunion, and it's like, where in the world has the time gone? You know? Yes. It's like it's oh crazy. My God. So shifting back to you podcast for a minute. Now, of yes. all the episodes you've done, which episode you listened to, you were like, damn, I really felt like I was in my bag on this episode. <laughs> oh my God. Which one? Yeah. That damn whole phase episode. That was my favorite, favorite, favorite episode. The whole phase. I don't know why, but it was just so fun because I was pulling from experience my homegirls experience like I still listen to that that was actually the most streamed episode so far but that one I'm so happy you asked me that because I still be like listening to clips of it I'm like P you was on some shit that day (laughs) but (laughs) that was definitely that whole phase episode was oh my god my favorite episode of all time. I ain't gonna lie. That episode was like, damn, that might be the episode that said me out. Damn, you you need to get her on Look and Talk. <laughs> it's gonna be funny if both of y'all come together for a Look and Talk, you know what I'm saying? Oh my god. <laughs> y'all, the, 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 we gonna give her the full Look and Talk experience. <laughs> coming yes. soon up, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all just be on the lookout for that. So what, what have you learned in your time in podcast? What's podcasting taught you so far? Whew. Podcasting has taught me that you have to be extremely patient. Um, podcasting is not something that you're going to get followers to overnight. For one, because it's oversaturated now. It's very common for people to have a podcast and that's okay. That's it's absolutely nothing wrong with that but for you to stand out for you to get a a big following that is not gonna come overnight and those numbers will humble you <laughs> like I told you on my episode them streaming numbers will humble the hell out of you cause you think you getting on there and you just gonna talk and people just gonna listen no it does not work like that. You have to actually work at it. You have to perfect it. I remember I was part of a podcast before, and I won't say their name, but I think we only did like two or three episodes, and then they quit, and they were like, oh, this is too much work, and you know, nobody's viewing it, but it's like, okay, how do you expect to get views and clicks after three episodes? So, a lot of people get discouraged by the numbers very fast. And I've learned that. But that's why I don't check the numbers. Like, fuck the numbers. People going to gradually get into it. Um, and I've also learned that you have to you have to do your research. 
like don't just go into it thinking you know everything like you're just gonna get on the microphone and talk shit and it's gonna be good do your research that's what i've learned there's nothing wrong with researching markets streaming numbers demographics none of that it will help you tremendously in the long run yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I definitely feel your pain on that because I know when we first started, first started doing look talk, numbers weren't coming in. But I, I got to a point. It was a comedian friend of mine who told me that Vic, just don't worry about the numbers. Just focus on like honing in on your craft and perfecting exactly. that craft. You know what I'm saying? So, what are some resources that have really helped you on your journey so far in being an entrepreneur and also being a podcaster? Um, I, definitely networking getting in touch with people who are already established who are already you know they have a following they they kind of been in it so they've made the mistakes that you're gonna make that's definitely one of them um like i said a big resource is just doing your research that like reading is the cheapest most fundamental aspect you can do for yourself but I focused on, like, I identify certain things that I want with both my business and my podcast because the writing is not on the shelf yet. That's coming soon. Mm. But I just identify what I want, and then I do a lot of research on how to get those results. Um, Advertisement, marketing, you know, you definitely got to know how to market yourself. You have to know who you're marketing to. That's another big one. And I think all businesses and brands struggle with marketing in the beginning. I've I've struggled with marketing for six years with Kate's brand, just the clothing. Because mm. like I said, everybody on Instagram got a boutique or some type of brand. Mm. But you once you find that marketing that works for you, because everybody's marketing is not going to work for every brand. So once you find that strategy that works for you, stick with that strategy. I, I, you know? Yeah, I definitely feel you on that. Now, what are some of the low points you've dealt with, like, when running your business that um that, that had you feeling some type of way that you had to overcome? Man, with business is hard, specifically retail. Retail is very challenging. Um. I've experienced points of amazing highs of like orders every single day and people, you know, leaving good reviews and just really engaging with the site, ordering with the site, um, engaging with the social media. And then I've experienced tremendous lows where I've went days with no orders, weeks with no orders, weeks with no engagement, despite posting new merchandise whatever the case may be so i will tell anybody if you're if you're trying to sell anything any sort of product it is not as easy as just putting it on a website um and you you're gonna go through those lows i trust me it it has been very challenging i've changed the name i've changed the logo i've changed the instagram I've changed a lot about my brand and it still has very challenging moments. So I'm still trying to overcome. 
So what 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 keeps you going? What keeps you motivated to continue going even though you've um dealt with many failures in your business? What what motivates you to keep going? Honestly, it's the passion. Like passion is what is gonna keep you going with anything. If you're not passionate about it, you're gonna quit when them numbers are not where you want them to be, you're gonna quit when them sales not wanted to be. But the fact that I'm so passionate about it, it's like I can't walk away from it. I've tried. I've tried to be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm getting out of retail. I'm done with this shit. Like, ain't nobody buying this shit. Why am I still buying merchandise? Why am I still buying inventory? Why am I still paying for a website? And then it's like, I get up and I don't have Kate. What is my purpose? You know what I mean? I'm so passionate about it. Like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So that's what kept me just coming back to it, even when shit was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely understand that. You know what I'm saying? You definitely got to have that thing where you're passionate about it and definitely exactly. keep going, you know. Now, I got to make you laugh for a minute. What is the <laughs> craziest? Now, you, you told me you were a Lyft driver, correct? At one point, yes. too, right? What is the craziest thing you've had experienced happen to you while driving for Lyft? Man, I I guess the craziest one, I picked up this crazy-ass man from Hooters, and he was drunk, and it was like the middle of the day. It had to be like 12, 1 o'clock, and he was fucked up. Like, he was out of there. And this man rolled down the window. He was in the back seat. This man rolled down the window and started rapping damn DMX lyrics to, like, the other cars. That shit was crazy like i'm begging him to get his ass back in the window he out the window barking and shit acting like he dmx like it was a wild ass ride and he did that shit for like 20 minutes then he passed out damn i'm like what the fuck so when we got to his house or wherever i was taking him to i had to like shake his ass like bro we're here like get the fuck out it was it was crazy. I'm surprised I didn't get a ticket. The way his ass was acting, it was it was crazy. Damn! But, did you pick him up from the Hooters by Tyrone Mall? No, I picked his ass up from the Hooters over there on Fourth Street. Oh, that one! <laughs> and he was stumbling. I should have knew better when his ass was stumbling about it. I should have left him. <laughs> but I took his ass and he showed his black ass. Oh wow! I didn't I'm know. Like never again. Wow! I didn't think black folks could get drunk at a Hooters. <laughs> at a Hooters, I never seen a black person get towed down at a Hooters. Damn! I only went to Hooters last time. I went to Hooters it was for the wings, not the drinks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I never had a Hooters drink in my life. But apparently somebody was buying his ass shots or something because that damn man was fucked up in that lift. I was so irritated with him. Damn. Well, at least as long as he didn't vomit in your car, you good. Because I've heard them stories too about how people vomit in somebody else's car while driving for a lift. You know, I've, I've heard those stories too. Yes, I never had it happen. Thank God, knock on wood. Because I think I beat somebody ass. Oh, like yeah. I ain't even playing. Don't throw up in my damn car. <laughs> that would piss me off so bad. 
<laughs> I, I definitely feel you. That would definitely piss me off too if I was driving for a lift and somebody just all in my car. Yes, I would want to fight. Hell yeah, get your ass out. You know what I'm saying? Get your ass out of my car. You know what I'm saying? So tell me this: What are some things you wish you would have knew before you started podcasting? Um, some things I wish I would have knew before. Yeah. Uh, I guess just some of the logistics, like how to edit, um, best microphones to use, best software to use. I wish I would have known that. I kind of just jumped into it. I actually was supposed to do the cake dish with a friend of mine, but she was too busy. So I just kind of jumped into it and did it and let the chips fall where they made. But I I do wish I would have been more well-versed on editing um, before I got into it, definitely. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Um, and also, if you have any, you already know if you ever need somebody to come fill in with you on the cake dish, if you want to do it by yourself, just hit yours truly up. I got you. Thank also, you. Thank you. <laughs> also, um, that same question, when it comes to running your business um, for boutiques, what's some things you wish you would have knew before you got into the retail and doing your boutique? Oh, that I wish I would have known more about number one, my demographic. Um, I wish I kind of would have zeroed in on them a little better beforehand. Marketing, definitely. I wish I was a beast at marketing how some people are before I got into the business because I really think I would have been much further had I mastered how to market better. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's something that I felt like I've, str- I've really struggled with the marketing aspect of it when it comes to my business. It's kind of something I've had to kind of learn on the job. So I really wish that I had took advantage of that a little bit more. I feel you on that. I definitely feel you on that. Marketing is definitely everything is what I've learned over the years is um, it's, it's a small percentage of your product and it's a whole hell of a lot more when it comes to marketing because marketing is definitely everything. Um, now, how do you now how do you feel like you're good at keeping building relationships with people to keep them come back to buy your products? Customer service is everything like I, I'm actually going to go a, a lot more in depth with like black business and stuff on my next podcast. But for me, I, cause I do see a lot of the same customers and I'm appreciative of them. And the way you keep them coming back, you have to have customer service. If you say you're going to be there at eight o'clock for a fitting or whatever the case may be, you got to be there at eight o'clock. If you say, you know what, if they come at you and say, hey, this don't fit, I need a refund, you get that refund process in a timely matter or that exchange or whatever the case may be. I've prided myself on that because I used to, I worked in retail all through high school and right out of high school. So what I have learned is that people will shop with you, even if you're a little bit more expensive than this boutique over here or this store. If your customer service is on point, they will come back to you despite the prices. Um, And that's how I have been able to retain returning customers and keep 
them engaged because I know how to have that good customer service. I know how to de-escalate situations with my customers. And like I said before, it's not all about selling a product with me. The first thing, if someone tries on something, how do you how do you feel in that? How does it feel on you? How does the fabric feel? How do you how do you think you look in it? I think you look good, but do you, how do you feel in it? Before we even get to a price, a checkout, if I'm doing face to face and you're trying on something, like that's what I want to know. And if you choose not to buy it, that's cool, but you have to have that good customer experience if you want people to come in back. It's just that simple. I definitely feel you on that. Now, when you look back on your journey, is there anything you look back and you say you wish you could have done over again? I wish I would have went to college. That is one thing. I went, but I didn't finish. So I wish I would have finished college. Um, That's one thing that just kind of like lingers over me well, a lot. Well, I will tell you this, that um, a lot of you look at a lot of successful people, none of them finished college. So it's in some, in some ways college can be good, but in some ways college is a bad thing. And also, you can look at the fact that you don't have student debt, too. So That's true. I mean, that's definitely true. It's just, I don't know. It's I guess it's just one of them things I I started and I never finished. So I always say, like, one, one of these days, I'm going to just go ahead and knock it out just to say I did it. But I think that's, honestly, that's the really, that's the really, uh, the only really thing I can think of. I don't really have too many regrets about anything else. Mm-hmm. Now, what is some what are some questions you you just find yourself questioning yourself about lately? You know what I question, and I think a lot of creatives question themselves about it. Like, when is it gonna be my time? Because you get on social media, you see everybody popping and everybody on, and everybody. Oh, this podcast just got picked up by Title. This one got picked up by Spotify. Oh, this person just published a book. Damn, that's a New York Times bestseller. And it leaves you thinking like, damn, like, when is it going to be my turn? Like, I'm putting in the same amount of work. I'm working my ass off. I'm working for free. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. When is my work going to be noticed? And I think, you know, that discourages a lot of creators, but it shouldn't. But it is something that I do ask myself often, um, you know, just in the moments when I do feel like down, it's it's natural. I'm human. But I do sometimes think that, you know, but like you said, it's a marathon. So whenever mm-hmm. it's my time, then I'll be ready for it. Listen, trust me, you be reading my mind because you. I know you can tell <laughs> from some of my tweets, I'll be like, when the hell is it going to be my time? Because I'm sitting here putting in all of this work and I'm seeing exactly. other people going to off to different places and they're flourishing. And meanwhile, I'm just still stuck here at this nine to five job. So, exactly. So what do you think are some keys to developing people coming behind us? You know what I'm saying? Keep people coming up um, to in the future, younger people. Um, I think the keys to developing them is just instilling that good work, work ethic. I think, kids coming behind us like you know the late teens early 20 somethings they don't believe in working for free I write for free I don't get paid for the blogging that I do for a lot of these major websites 
and I'm I'm good with that mm-hmm. because it's a means of getting my foot in the door. And I think a lot of them, they don't believe in internships. They don't believe in, you know what I mean, doing stuff for free for a little while until you fully get in the door. I think we got to establish that work that work ethic because that's so important. Like, you got to be willing to put your work in. You got to be willing to pay your dues. Um, and, you know, I think we got to instill, like, that confidence in them. Know that you the shit. Know that your product is the shit know that what you have to offer is needed and is wanted and people are going to be receptive to it you know like social media only shows us the good so in our minds and in the ones coming up after us in their minds it's like damn everybody doing good but me but nobody's going to show you their failures so we, you know, don't pay attention to that. Don't pay attention to every single thing you see on social media because it's all of a side, you know. And I feel it's like long as you got that work ethic and that confidence, they'll be fine. They'll come up and they'll do it ten times better than the ones before them. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And now, what are some things you would tell people that are looking to start their their business? What's things you tell them? Um. I would tell them don't number one, don't rush. You know, take your time, do your research, see the trends, see what's in, see what's out. Um, definitely don't be afraid to take up some classes. City of St. Pete has a business program that offers free business classes. And you can find some on Eventbrite too. Different business seminars. Go to a few of them. Like, don't be afraid to make yourself knowledgeable on what it is you're trying to do. Um, Seek out people who are doing it on social media. Hit them up and ask them, you know, hey, are you interested in being a mentor? Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I would say, you know, take your time, though. Take your time to get a feel for it. Put yourself out there and know what you're doing before you get into it business is hard shit gonna come up you're gonna always make mistakes especially your first year but it's better to be overly prepared you know what i mean um secondly i would tell them to just start you know you once you you know done some research and maybe get you a mentor under your belt just start it like you you can't fail if you don't start you can't succeed if you don't start just just start it just get get the LLC, get the website going or, but you have to start because otherwise it's just a dream. You know what I mean? You, you have to have that confidence in you that is going to work. I definitely, I definitely feel you on that. I definitely agree on that. I definitely think that people, a lot of people, they struggle with it starting, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes they, they, they think they get inside their head too much and they're they're thinking like, they're thinking like what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. So exactly, it's crazy. Um, so what are some things you're looking forward to happening in 2020? Honestly, I just my main thing is to get my website back where I wanted to get the online boutique clothing brand back where it needs to be. Um, I wanted a physical location this year, but 
the focus is the website. The focus is making sure that the website is functioning, getting orders, getting a lot of traffic, and also the podcast. I want a lot of traffic to my podcast. So those are those are my main two. And of course, getting my book published. I'm looking forward to that. But just like I said, all all the things that I'm working on and I've been working so hard on for 2020, I'm looking forward to taking all of them just to the next level and just really leveling up with this. Yeah, I definitely feel you on that. I'm, I'm, I'm in that same boat right there with you now. Now, we're going to run some things back from Look and Talk. The, the episode that, that didn't get published yet, that's um, in the waiting, that I still just got to upload it. Now, tell me mm-hmm. some things. Um, what is something you feel like you could give a 20-minute presentation on with ease but nothing? Uh, a 20-minute presentation on the whole phase, honey, that can come <laughs> with no effort. Um, what else? What can I give a 20-minute presentation on other than being a hoe in the rules? Um, being a, a cute businesswoman and being a bossed-up-ass woman, I'm pretty sure I could give a good, cute little presentation on that. I could give a 20-minute presentation on... Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Well, I, I'm going to just leave it at them to child. We ain't going to corrupt your podcast too much. <laughs> you know what? Take this get real wild over there, so we ain't going to bring that shit over here to the, <laughs> to the liquor town. No, I'm not going to corrupt y'all over here. No. That's enough. That's good 20-minute presentation. <laughs> That's you know good. What? You know, speaking of the whole phase, I guess we can corrupt it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where do people fuck up at in the whole phase? Where do people usually fuck up at? You fuck up in the whole phase exiting before your time. Do not exit out of your whole phase for anything or anybody. You have to go through it. You got to live in it. You got to stand in it. You understand? People be listening to what society got to say and exiting out of the whole phase before they're fully matured yet. And that's why they ask me around here cheating and creeping with everything. <laughs> Live in your whole phase, stay in your whole phase. Like, don't get out until you are ready to get out, honey. So what's the sign you know you're ready to get out of your whole phase? For women, I would say... For me, I w- when I was ready to get out of my whole face, I hadn't dated all the niggas that I had set my sights on. I had the dogs, the niggas with money, the niggas who didn't have no money, the niggas who just was really sweet, all that. I had variety. You understand? I didn't had the dicks that I wanted. And I was like, okay, I've seen what the world has to offer as far as men and now I want my man and then I was ready and then I got in a relationship and everything was peachy king oh cool 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 like I said well I hope he's still a lucky man whoever he is you know what I'm saying Y'all nah can't... child his ass over there somewhere where I don't talk to him no more but <laughs> it was a learning experience <laughs> nevertheless I, I don't regret him shout out to him he know who he is but no that shit ain't work out but no regrets I exited my whole phase when I was ready to. He didn't force me out. I bowed out gracefully and got me a man. We just, you know, shit happened. Shit didn't work, but 
Yeah. It was a fun ride. Yeah. Now, you know, look at how we do talk about a lot of relationships and stuff, and we do talk about a lot of relationship things. So what are some of the biggest things you've learned from being in relationships with men? Mm, let me see. I haven't been in a relationship in going on four years. Um, One thing I learned from my last relationship, and this is so important to me, I learned that I need to hold myself accountable. Like, I have to look in the mirror and see where I fucked up at. Not where just he fucked up, but the shit that I did that was just not, it just wasn't what a girlfriend is supposed to do. I had to do that for myself. And now I feel like, okay, I can flourish in another relationship, but it really took a lot of strength to like look at myself and call out my own faults and flaws to why it didn't work. And another thing I learned was that I had to then forgive myself for them flaws and for them fuck-ups because I was walking around like, damn, you know, this is what I did that led to it. And it's like, okay, that's what you did, but y'all ain't together no more. You're going to have to forgive yourself and move the fuck on. So I learned that definitely. I learned how to take accountability. I learned how to appreciate a guy. I learned how to be vulnerable. And these was all things that I was not good at when I actually had a man. See, I had to be outside of the relationship to kind of see it for what it was. But, you know, you just, you live and you learn. All that shit was really good learning experience, actually. Hey, that's real. As long as you live and you learn, you hold yourself accountable. You know what I'm saying? It, uh, not, not enough people know how to do that because I feel like people, they just would rather bash you and rather get on you about, exactly. about fuck-ups instead of checking themselves beforehand. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And don't get me wrong, he fucked up too now. Yeah. You know, but... You know, I can't control his his fuck ups. I can only control and mediate my own. You know what I'm saying? So, like, once I did that, I really I feel like my my next relationship will be so much better because I know how to do it now. Like, I know how to hold my myself accountable. I know how to to argue healthy. You know what I mean? Not go for them nasty ass low blows because that was me. Like. When it was good, it was good. But when we in an argument, oh, I'm going after the shit that you would never want me to bring up. Like, you can't do that, especially with somebody that you love. Because a lot of times, they know coming back from that. And that was our situation. So wow. I really I really learned that about myself. Like, you you have to... It's a, a good way to argue with the person that you're in a relationship with. It's a a healthy way to argue. You know, and I, I had to learn all of that, man. And I I didn't realize it until I was out of it. So, ladies, y'all got to take accountability, child. If Shandrika can take accountability with my shit-talking ass, y'all can take accountability, too. So, Hey, that that's real. That's real, you know what I'm saying? That, that's definitely real on that. Um, I definitely feel like everybody definitely needs to take accountability for themselves and, yes. and stop bashing other people. So 
Now we're gonna definitely shift gears to another thing we talked about previously on um on the other looker talks. Now, what do you think about people uh, about black men and black women that just sit on social media and just bash each other? You know what I'm saying? Black men ain't this, black men ain't that, and then you got some that will get on national TV on their syndicated talk shows and get on here and be like, "Black men don't do this, black men women don't do that." What do you think about those type of people? Uh. Black men and black women need to learn to coexist and get the fuck along because I am of the belief that no no man will love a black woman like a black man. That's just period. In the same for you know, black women or whatever. So I think we have to stop tearing each other down. You know what I mean? We gotta stop bashing black men. I bash niggas. I say niggas ain't shit. But I'm not just going to take it there to like, oh, black men ain't this. So I'm going to date a a different. No, hell no. No. Black men can be ain't shit all day. I'm not giving up on a black man. We have to stop. We we just got to stop doing it. That shit is whack. And, you know, we get on Twitter and everybody joke. Like, you going to joke on Twitter. But you got some people just take it too far. Yeah. And, um, we don't need that. And sometimes, you know, that, that'll make you lose faith in your own. And we, we can't lose faith in one another because, you know, we really all we got. That is damn sure true. And I wish black, us black folks would realize that because if we realize that, man, it'll make our, a lot of our lives easier because ain't nothing like a black woman, you know what I'm saying? And look, Absolutely. Look, I, and I, I, I was blessed. I went to fam and I saw all of them. So it's hard for me to ever be like, Oh, black women ain't this. Plus, I know also, in fact, I know a lot of strong black women out there, and I feel like I'd be letting them down if I get on social media or get on a platform and just start bashing my other race, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, know? I'm not trying to, there's nothing wrong with dating outside your race. I don't want nobody to hear this and think that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. I'm specifically talking about people who date outside their race and then bash their race. Oh, those people are the worst. Like those people, I can't fuck with. I'm listen. If you a black man and you with a white woman and that white woman making you happy, hey, so be it. Go for it. Like be happy with someone who makes you happy, but you can't. You don't need to bash black women to be happy. Like you mm. don't got to do that. Yeah, and that's what annoys me too. It's like I saw on um I see um all the black white black black women that they 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 have with their white men, but they but some of them they do come out here attacking black men. I'm like, you know what? Why don't you just be happy with your exactly. racial relationship and just leave us the fuck alone? Because I'm pretty exactly. sure the one that hurts you is the one you're talking about. Not all of us. All of us didn't hurt you. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I I see that too. Black black women do get with a white guy and then you know what I'm saying kind of want to bash, bash the black man and you don't have to do that because we rooting for you sis over here you don't have to bash black men to to be happy go be happy with Peter Jay Sean ain't did shit to you facts like, you know what I'm but saying? just know Peter can't love you like Jay Sean can you know what I'm saying and that's what a lot of uh, love of our people need to realize is that we can't a black woman can't love you like that white woman can love you. You know what I'm saying? It's better on this end. I won't. You know what? I won't even go that far. But I will say, a a white man is not going to understand me as a black woman like a black man. A white man 
he can try to love me the best of his abilities, but he's not going to understand my struggle, my values, my culture. He will try to live with it. He will try to be accepting of it, but he will never understand it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want a lot of y'all to understand. Like, you go ahead and go ahead and get your Peter, but Peter is not gonna understand. You take that goddamn wig off in that damn fro; it's all over the goddamn place, honey. Peter is going. Peter is trying to figure out why the hell your damn hair ain't as silky as this damn wig. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> that's so, facts. That's so, facts. And plus, yeah, and plus, child. ladies, us black men enjoy y'all in y'all natural state. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> we exactly. can enjoy y'all in y'all natural state, and still, you can still have the the afro w- with no makeup on and be like, "Shout, you so damn pretty." <laughs> exactly. And black men that you know scared. Peter about to jump out his goddamn skin. You walk out the damn bathroom with with the wig off, the wig in one hand, the afro on your head. Peter about to run out the goddamn door. He think it's an intruder in here. Don't Peter, play with me. Peter looking for that strap like, oh my goodness, it's a robbery in this house. Peter about to shoot your ass. Meanwhile, Jay Sean finna goddamn run his damn fingers through your damn afro. Sean's uh-huh. not playing in my face. Uh-huh. And Jay Sean will put, definitely put that condition in there for you, you know what I'm saying? Period. Definitely gonna help you take care of it. So what Period. you got coming up this week on the cake dish? What can we look forward to? Uh, I do want to do an episode about black business. Um, that's one I've been wanting to do for a while. I know we kiki a lot, and we try we gonna kiki on that too. That's what we do at the Cake Dish Talk Sheet. But I did want to kind of get into black business, and the, it's a lot of stereotypes about black business. So I I want to debunk those and kind of get into that a little bit. Um, I had an interview, but he had to reschedule, so we're gonna get that next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really about it. Just trying to get them streams up, get the following up, and keep people engaged and keep the people happy. I definitely feel you on that. I'm definitely in that same boat right there with you, trying to get the streams up, get the episodes up, put in the work and get the people happy, you know, keep the people happy. Absolutely. So what would you, in previewing your next episode, what would you say is the biggest myth about black businesses that you thought you needed to debunk? Oof. I think the biggest stereotype about black business is that black people don't know how to be professional. I think that is one of the most disgusting stereotypes to me that black people don't know how to have good customer service. Black people don't know how to um, engage with their customers. Black people, you know, you come to their business and they always got an attitude. Yeah. No, that's not true. That's not true at all. It happens, but that's that's not true. That's not true. And I definitely want to get into that. I, def- I definitely agree with that because... Um... Because I already know, it's like, I've been to a handful of black businesses. They are so damn friendly. Man, come exactly. on now. And I feel like it's all in how you carry yourself, and it's all in how you carry yourself. If you come in with a positive mindset um, and just leave the bullshit of your day going at, at the door, you're going to be fine. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But but um I do thank you for finally getting together, you know what I'm saying? Because we yes. have been talking for a long time and we finally, finally come together. <laughs> yes. Thank yeah. you know, thank you for having me. You know, you're always welcome over there at the cake dish child. Yeah, like I said, maybe we're gonna have one night where we just do cake dish and look at talking the same night, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna oh, we Lord. Gonna... 
Hey, we got to set that up now because, like I said, oh, Lord. I, I, I have the Hennessy ready for you, you know what I'm saying? Because I do remember, because yes. I do tell you, I did tell you some things I could do with some Hennessy, so. Yes, you did, child. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes. We'll be in the damn thing too lit. Yes. Well, so we definitely got to set that up, you know what I'm saying? And we can definitely set up regular check-ins, whatnot, you know what I'm saying? I'm definitely open to it. All networking, all black networking, all 2020, because we got to take over. Yes, we do, and we will. Yes, we will. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the another episode of Look and Talk. I do want to say thank you to Sean Drake for stepping in here. Thank um, you. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, go ahead if you haven't already. Go ahead and subscribe, and we will see you next time. Holla at your boy, Sean Drake. Bye.